0: Well, Psalm 77 this morning. Psalm 77 is where it will be. I finished one water, and I brought two with me, so we'll try to make it through this. Uh, Psalm 77. I may not want that on by the time we <laughs> see how this goes. I haven't had a problem at all with my voice until just just now, so we'll we'll, we'll survive. Yeah, it's West Texas. I was telling Becky I had to wipe the West Texas dust off my boots this morning. uh, Went to put them on. Anyway, yeah, I can say I've been to Tarzan. I did not see Johnny Wilsmeyer. I I didn't say it right again. Weiss Mueller. I'll get get, um, one. Olin said he was out looking for Jane, so I I didn't see him. But uh, anyway, I can say I have been to Tarzan. I did know there was a Tarzan, and I was so excited when I saw it was on there. And it did not disappoint. It just... It looked about the way a Tarzan Texas would look, you know, a road sign and a gas station. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Psalm seventy. I, I also I love driving through. I, li- I like going through all these little Texas towns and stuff. Always enjoy seeing some new parts of the country. And was uh, very 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 blessed to be able to go and uh, go and make that trip to be there for them. So um, Psalm seventy seven. And uh, 20 verses here. I'm going to read the entire psalm. And uh, we'll we'll kind of come back and pick it apart a little bit. Psalm 77. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my, my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. love, thou, thou holdest mine eyes waking, I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the years of old, or the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night, I commune with mine own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever, and will He be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? And I said, this is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art God, uh, art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Silam. The waters saw thee, O God, the waters saw thee. They were afraid, the depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water, the skies sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad, the voice of thunder was in the heavens, the lightnings lightened the world, the earth trembled and shook, thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known, thou lettest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Now, uh, until early yesterday afternoon, I, I, I fully intended to preach a very, very different sermon, and a um, couple times this week, though, things have kind of been jerked out from under me, if you will, and kind of upended any plans I had. Uh, Monday, I was back there, and uh, Monday, uh, I usually try to take Monday off, and I was getting ready to paint. I had some old paint brushes. I'm learning how to clean my brushes better. Anyway, I, I had some I hadn't cleaned very good in the past. And, I bought some stuff. I was trying to clean them. I know you really care about that. But I was back there doing that, and I was thinking about painting. I I had new canvas up on the easel there, and trying to figure out what am I going to paint. And I I got a phone call from Annette, and she told me about the Jennings grandson. And, you know, I just uh, lost all heart for painting. There's still a blank canvas right there on the easel for uh, maybe one day this week. Yesterday, I was, uh, I tell you, if you come in here sometimes when I'm studying, you'd think I'd lost my mind, you do anyway. but you would really, if you, if you walked in here and saw me during, uh, sometimes when I'm studying, I, I come in here and I pace, I, I pace up and down and I'll preach it to myself, I'll, I'll pray, I'll, I just kind of work out a sermon in my mind and, and I tell you, I was doing that and I was all prepared, like I said, going a completely different direction and I was really kind of getting getting it down and getting ready to uh, put down on paper, and went in there and checked my phone. I didn't have my phone on me. I went in there and checked it, and I got a text from Owen that told me about Tim Blaze, and I just I'll tell you, another case where I got upended, and I just I, I didn't have the heart for the sermon that I had intended to preach. I thought about the Jenningses, the Blazes. I thought about Amanda Doss who. Uh, I know they hadn't been with us in a while. They've been out of town, but um, and I missed a lot of these updates on Facebook and things. But that her, her mother had been sick and had surgery, and uh, found out this week, uh, just a couple. I guess it was Friday, I think, that her mother passed away. My heart hurt for them, and I knew a change of direction was 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 necessary. And I tell you, sometimes when my heart is overwhelmed, I, I turn to the Psalms. You can turn to a lot of great passages in Scripture, but I turn to Psalms and um i know you're thinking yeah but yeah you preach a lot from psalms yes i have i think this is three straight weeks and uh i look and if you think it's a lot it's 10 times over the past 12 months okay my text has been from Psalms. i looked it up <laughs> so if i counted right it's 10 times um which is quite a bit uh, you know consider uh, the 66 books in the bible uh, 10 of them have been out of that out of 52 weeks but anyway i i i turn over to psalms and I, I begin to look, and I look up, you know, what song Psalms are there for comfort. And I was reading through a number of Psalms, a number of passages, a number of verses, and when I came to Psalm 77, I just knew this was it. This is the one I had I needed to preach on this morning. And there's a few things kind of odd before we get into this about this Psalm to me. First off, it really reads like a very private song. It doesn't sound like something you'd be out there uh, proclaiming to the world because you're just kind of working through some doubts. It's working through some heartaches. It's deeply personal, very candid, very open uh, with, with our struggles. Yet, it was intended for public singing. The heading of it to the chief musician, this was something they would have sang with the crowds in the, uh, in the temple services uh, there in Jerusalem. Second, it has questions that I'm not certain are fully answered in the text. Sometimes a, a, a psalm will start out and it'll have a question, uh, and, and it kind of works its way through the psalm. But uh, it's almost there's something about this, that, and I'll get back to this, but it's almost like the path that this psalm takes is is, is sort of incomplete. There's not a concrete uh, resolution to this, uh, like we find in some other psalms. The, the, psalm, uh, the psalmist here, and this is a psalm of Asaph, uh, not David, but Asaph. But he, he cries, he considers, he remembers. Uh, but and I saw a few other people I was reading, uh, talking about this psalm. It seems like it just kind of cuts off there. Well I mentioned about Moses and Aaron, and we just kind of cut off and change the directions Third and interesting thing is, is it divides well into four kind of stanzas. And the easy way to do that is you take that little word, Selah, which is Hebrew. It means stop, think about it, ponder uh, what, what's just been said. And there's three of those. And if you take those and then you have a few verses at the end, it, it makes four thematic sections verses 1 through 3, 4 through 9, 10 through 15, and then 16 through 20. So it's a very well organized song. And. Each of those sections I kind of see as a step. And it's a step to go from being overwhelmed, to be consumed by worry and trouble, to get to a better place. This is climbing out of a pit. That's that's what I pictured as I'm reading this. But in these four steps, we go from worry to worship. We go from pain to praise. We go from despair to delight. And like we've talked about a couple these last couple weeks talking about psalms, I think psalms are very instructive for us. These, these are examples. They're showing us here's how you can find hope again in the midst of hardship. This is where you can find joy again, even though there is no joy or no life in your life. I think you can see it work for this psalm. It's kind of like a, seeing a ladder going down like into like a swimming pool or a pit. Like why you put a ladder there? It's because sometimes you need it to get out of there, and this is kind of what this psalm is. Some of these rungs you may not, may not see. You may not need them all the time, but there's a time where you're going to need that because you need to climb out of this pit that we're in. So I want to look at these four steps, if you will, with me this morning. And the first, I tried to come up with names on these. I couldn't alliterate them. I tried to get them all started the same letter. Just didn't work, but. The first I'm going to call the step of seeking. The step of seeking. And that's the first three verses. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice. He gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My sore ran into the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. The first verse is the key to the psalm. It actually tells you what the whole psalm is about. It gives you the theme right there. Been helping some of my kids with some of their homework, uh, and allie has been having these little reading comprehension worksheets, and be like, "What is the theme of this passage?" And you're supposed to go and find it. Well, this one is very upfront. What's the theme? It's right there. We're calling to God. We're calling desperately to God, and He hears. That's what we see progress through this. It's an amazing uh, uh, progression as we go through this. We call out to God, we cry out to Him. It's kind of doubled up for emphasis there in verse one and He hears and He responds. But the first step towards regaining hope is not an immediate victory. We like things to be quick. We want it to be fixed right now. We want to be able to lose fifty pounds just like that. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way. Some things take time, they take a process. You don't just become an expert at anything just because you you just pick up a ball and you suddenly shoot three pointers. No, it, it takes practice, it takes training uh, to do this. The first step here we're looking at I say just because you pray does not mean that instant the tempest will be driven from our lives. The stormy seas didn't stop, by the way, when the disciples cried out. They were crying out, oh Jesus, save us! The storm's coming, we're gonna sink out here. When Jesus cried out, something happened, but just because the disciples cried didn't mean the storm stopped. God had to speak. He's the authority, not us. Now the first step here is seeking. We seek hope. We seek relief. We seek God. But we may not find Him immediately. We seek for light in the darkness. So we see there in verses 2 and 3, trouble comes. We seek the Lord. And there's a little Hebrew phrase there in verse 2 that is really interesting to me. It's very difficult to translate. And but it, the words there quite literally mean my hand poured or trickled. My hand poured or trickled. It didn't grow weary. It didn't stop. The old rabbis say that the picture there is if, if you ever seen someone so in distress they like beat their chest. I knew I was going to do that. But if you've seen them beat the, in the Bible times they would do that. They would beat their chest. That's just Um. But they would beat their chest, and this that I was in such distress. I was beating on my chest, and I did not stop. I was. There was no relief to the anguish that I was in. We seek re- relief for the soul, but it does not come. We seek relief for our spirit. We look to God. We take our troubles to Him. Yet we feel no relief. You know, it's not a pleasant picture we find here when we begin to seek God. But he's not a genie to be summoned just because we rub a lamp. He's not a vending machine that we go to and say, well, God, I would like a little bit of that peace. I'd like a little bit of that money right there. Let me go. B-11 here, and I want that. Uh, God does not work that way. He is the mighty God who works in us and on us and through us to His glory, not necessarily to our comfort. But we have hope. Go back to verse 1. He hears us. Even though I can't see him, even though I can't feel that hope and that joy, the warmth of his love and grace and mercy, he hears. I like it to depend on how we feel. When I cry, he hears us. And that helps us get to the next step. We're desperate, we're seeking, we come to the next step, and this is the step of reaching. Or grasping is another term I thought about using on that, but we're reaching. It says, beginning in verse 4, Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the ways of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remember it's my song of the night. I commune with mine own heart. My spirit may diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? Will He be favorable no more? Is His mercy clean gone forever? Does His promise fail forevermore hath god forgotten to be gracious Hath He in anger shut up his tender mercies here in the midst of the day of trouble we find ourselves straining we're reaching we're looking for aid we we know god's there and we're reaching we're grasping we're trying to get a handhold you ever go sliding down a creek bank and what do you do you're grabbing me i want to grab a branch i want to grab a rock i want to grab something to slow my my way down as I'm, as I'm sliding down. We remember all the stories of God's power. Remember all the stories we've heard since kindergarten, the Red Sea and Daniel and the Lions. Remember all these stories. And uh, we remember the times that even we talk about the song of the darkness. We remember the times when God was with us in these dark times, but we find ourselves still at a loss for words. We really are still in the dark at this point. Our minds are racing to make sense of it all. There's six questions that are asked there. And as I was reading these, I thought back to the deal we did on Wednesday nights a while back on, on, the, on, on grief. And the stages of grief. And I think right here is kind of that anger or bargaining stage. Trying to make sense. I'm grasping. I'm trying to make sense. and trying to get a hold of things. I'm trying to process things. And we're kind of rapidly going to that next stage of depression here because we're just we're, we're sliding down. I, I see this at work here. But there's six questions there in verses seven through nine. Six questions that on a good day we would not ask. <laughs> These questions are not ones that, uh, boy, on the mountaintop you would ask. But there's six questions that we find ourselves asking when we are overwhelmed. We question the promises, the goodness, the very character of God. Have you been there? I've been there. God, are you listening? God, do you really care about me? Father, the words of the old song, Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth or song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long? I love the answer. Oh, yes, He cares. I know He cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. I know we talked about a few weeks ago, and and again, the the Psalms are here for a purpose. They're molding, they're guiding, they're shaping us. Sometimes they express things like this that we can relate to so we can grab onto it. Because I'm going to tell you, as I'm reading it, I think, I've been there. I've asked those questions. I can relate to this. It's a handhold. I can grab onto this because I relate to it. And I can start reaching for hope. I've been there. Any, on, any honest, and I'm gonna put that, honest believer will say they've been there. We've all been overwhelmed. Here's a handhold to reach out to. We can start climbing out. Oh, and by the way, to reference back to question number four. God is working through all this. Thou holdest my eyes waking. He doesn't say, my troubles are keeping me awake. It says, God. God's working. He's wanting to bring us to this point so He can bring us the hope, bring us the joy, bring us back to Him. He is in control. He's working on us through this process. Step three, I'm calling the step of adjustment. Verses 10 through 15. And I said, this is my infirmity. This is my problem, not God's. But I will remember the years of of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders. Uh, Thou hast declared thy strength among the people." Thou hast within thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Now we're getting to some hope. think it's halfway through the psalm, but we're starting to get a little climbing. We're starting to make some progress as we're climbing out of this pit of despair we find ourselves in. We had no hope. We sought for the Lord's help. We had no hope. We doubted the Lord's goodness. Now, I mentioned painting, so I'm, it's amazing. I've, I've, there's a lot of things I've kind of learned just learning how to paint. There's little things that uh, kind of uh, very practical in life. Looking at things, and there's a there's a kind of a rule when it comes to oil painting is I'm not good at following, but uh, there, there's a general rule that you'll hear sometimes, and it's to paint all your undertones, all the the bottom layers in dark hues, that you paint your darker colors first, and then you build out till you do your last and you do your bright highlights. And it creates the contrast that helps those highlights to really shine. Uh, If you watch Bob Ross, Bob Ross does the exact same thing. Uh, Other artists and things I've kind of learned from, They, they, they typically, they may not explain it this way, but I see so many of them that do this. Those first steps, you put in those dark undertones so that when you get to the bride, it really stands out. The first three verses here are the subject. It says, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Jumping down, I didn't finish this thought. But those dark undertones, we have to have those dark undertones to see the light. That's what's been established here in the first part of this psalm, are those dark undertones. Now we start to see the light. Now we start to comprehend the hope. If we only saw light, we only saw goodness, we wouldn't recognize it because there would be nothing compared to it. got to have the contrast in our lives. Note here in the first three verses that we are the subject. It says, I said, I will remember, I will meditate, I'm going to do all this stuff. And then here's the adjustment that's made in verse, uh, beginning in the the, the the next three verses, verse 13 to 15. Thy way, thou art, thou hast. It's not. We go from I, I, I to him, him, him. There's the adjustment. That's the chiropractor snapping the neck right there. Okay. Uh, the, the the adjustment just got made. Isn't it amazing how many of our problems are. I problems we say I want I think I will I am so on we, we we talk a lot about I it's our favorite word that one letter but here is where God comes in is we're trying to get ourselves out of this pit of despair God says it's not about you let me adjust you let, let, let me show you something greater let me lift your eyes up so they're not looking at you They're looking at Him. They're looking at God. He refocuses our eyes to Him. We admit our weakness to God. He says, this is my infirmity. He says, you know what? I'm sitting here complaining. I feel no hope. You know what? That's not God's problem. God's not weak. God's God's still strong. God's still good. The problem is I'm having a faith problem right now. God has to work on me. We grab on to His greatness. His goodness. That's that next little handhold here. We're adjusting things now. And we go from not having any hope. We're just desperate. We're trying to find the ladder. We've got the ladder. We're grabbing on to it. And now as we're starting to pull ourselves out, we're starting to look up and pull ourselves out because now we're seeing the goodness and the greatness of God. That brings us to the final step and that is the step of worship. There is a dramatic change in tone beginning in verse 16. We go from poor pitiful me, I have no hope, I have no joy, I'm surrounded by troubles, God doesn't like me anymore, to now verse 16. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The earth is shaking at the presence of the mighty God. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightning lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook like those giant thunderstorms coming in and just the ground shaking with the the, the thunder reminds me of Mount Sinai as I read that. God's presence there on the mountaintops described very similarly. Verse 19, Thy way is in the sea, Thy path in the great waters. Thy footsteps are not known. We, we get to a sea. We, don't, we can't get across here. He just, there's nothing here. He can go right through it. Thou lettest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Now our eyes are off ourselves and they're off our problems. Now we have a corrected line of sight And we find ourselves looking at God and now we are in awe at His majesty. We see Him in His incomprehensible greatness. We see Him who towers above any mountain we must climb. We see Him who looms over every storm that blows. We see Him who dominates all. Good, bad, big, small. Now when we look at that, we don't see the problem, we see Him. I thought about this. Forgive me, but my mind, as I was thinking about this, and I, I had a picture when me and my wife were decorating. We went to, uh, dating. dating, and uh, we went down as a college activity to Cumberland Falls in Kentucky. Have anybody ever been to Cumberland Falls? It was real beautiful. You've been to this beautiful waterfall, big waterfall, really beautiful park. Recommend going if you're ever in the area. But this is where the, I've got this picture and I still have it somewhere, but I've got a picture of the waterfall, but my wife is sitting up there, my wife being in that picture, is, uh, she's got her back to me, but she's looking at the waterfall. I'm going to tell you something. Every time I saw a picture, I didn't see a waterfall. What dominates that picture to me was her. I didn't focus on the waterfall. I I like that picture. It's a good picture. I was really proud of it. I liked it because she was in it. My eyes. Oh, Billy. <laughs> but that, that's, she dominated. It doesn't mean that the waterfall wasn't there. But she, you know what? When we get to this point, yes, there's storms. Yes, there's troubles. But you know who dominates it all? It's Him. It's Him that we see. It's Him that we focus on. This is where we needed to be back in verse number one. We've had to climb out of the pit to get here. We needed to see the greatness of God. We needed to be overwhelmed by his goodness poured out and over us. Here's the thing. As we've been trying to get to this point, you realize he's been there the whole time? You realize he he, he hadn't moved. He didn't leave. He didn't have a moment of weakness and has to return. No, he's been right there. We just couldn't see him from where we were. Follow the words of another old song. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. You won't see that waterfall, you just see him in the light of his glory. Now, I'm going to wrap this up here. I I mentioned before, to me, it just feels like this song cuts off in the middle. Seems like the story ought to keep going. Everybody ever told you one of those jokes that just ends right in the middle of it, and that's why it's funny, is because it just ends and it's just, you know, it's odd. Um,. This this just ends. There's a comment here about God leading Israel like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron. And that's talking about the greatness of God. wants to brag in the Old Testament. He brags about bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. That's what He does. You, you study that out. But it just it, it just seems unfinished to me. And I think that might just be on purpose. Because... Once you get to this point, once you've come out of the pit, and now that we are seeing Him, I don't know if you can put it into words. I I don't know if you can find the right illustrations. That place we find ourselves out, we bow humbly before the greatness, the majesty, the glory, the power of our God. You know, there's a sacredness to it that defies description. There's moments I've had and experienced in church services before, I, I can't really explain what was happening. I know God was moving. There's times... I've had in private prayer where I I, I can't explain it. I don't even want to try to describe it. I just know God was working on my heart. There's a sacredness to that. and, And I think you almost defile it when you try to put it into words. You have to experience it for yourself. And I kind of think that maybe that's why the psalm ends right here is because this is the part where the psalmist guiding us out of the pit, out of the despair, out of the trouble, he said, hey, there's a ladder. Get on the ladder. Okay, you got the ladder. Okay, keep coming up. Look up. Hey, look, there's God. See, boy, isn't he great? And now that we've climbed of this pit, now that we see our God, now that we bow down before him in his greatness, it's almost like the psalmist said, yeah, see, this is where you needed to be. See where you're at now? I don't even have to keep going. This is where you needed to be. I got you. I guided you to the point you needed to be at now. Enjoy it. Soak it in. Love. Revel in the majesty of God. Second, and Owen, oh, if you'll go ahead and come on, I'm almost done here. Second, it begins with a cry. <laughs> I've met so many people. I've, you ever met somebody that just loves to be miserable? I know people, they, they just, they enjoy being upset. They enjoy being sad. I know people, that, there's a lot of people, if you get on you know, on Twitter and Facebook, there's people who just enjoy being mad. I don't understand that, but they, I don't understand why people watch horror movies either. Why would you want to be scared? That, that just doesn't make sense to me. Either. But there are people that honestly, I think they like being in trouble. They like being overwhelmed. They like being miserable. But we don't need to sit content and silent in the day of trouble. You know where this all begins? <laughs> Go back to verse 1. It begins with a cry. God, I don't like this. God, I need you. God, where are you? i got to find you. I'm groping in the darkness, but I'm going to get up. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to grasp So I can grab hold of something, grab hold of that ladder to help pull myself out of this. But it all begins, we call on, you know You know what he's doing? He's saying, "Oh, you need some help down there? Well, let me help you." And he helps to guide us to that. He he may just have to lower that rope himself that we can grab onto and get us out of there. But it begins when we call out to him. And the last thing I want to say on this, most importantly, is that we need to call on him for salvation. That's the first most important cry. You can take that. There's a picture here of that. We sit there troubled, burdened by our sins. We have no hope. We're stuck in that miry pit. No hope, no way we get out. Burdened by our sins, doomed if it is not for outside help. But that help comes. We cry out to him. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We cry out and say, Oh God, save me. And I love that language you see in the Old Testament and the Psalms and the prophets he reached down that mighty hand, that strong arm. He says he reaches down and he pulls us out. And the Savior reached down to me. He had to reach way down to me. I was lost in a dumb type Son. The Savior reached down to me. He reaches down, and he pulls us out. How does it all start? How salvation start? It starts with a call, It starts with a uh, a cry. We call on Him how it starts. I pray that you have done so, else you'll never find that hope. It all begins with calling on Him for salvation. Then, whatever pits and things we find ourselves in afterwards, that's nothing to do with that pit we were in in our sin. God can pull us out of that. He can pull us out of anything else. The hope that comes with that—it starts with calling on Him to save us from sins. What number there, Owen? 320 there in the Baptist hymnal. If you'd like to sing along with the the invitation hymn, you'll stand, please. We'll just we'll have a short time of invitation this morning. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. Different kind of sermon, Lord, but Lord, as I was. Myself searching for some peace and for some hope in my own heart, finding this psalm and kind of following along with the psalmist, following his guidance, his direction, finding myself in that place where not feeling, not seeing, oh, knowing someone in the back of my mind, but not feeling your goodness, not not seeing it active. Lord, to grab hold of that that ladder to pull out. Lord, to get the eyes off the trouble, to see you and your glory and your majesty. Lord, that's where you want us to be. Not that we won't have troubles, not that the storms won't come, but that you dominate over all of them. Lord, in the midst of the troubles and the trials, we can cry out to you. We can reach out to you. And Lord, even though it seems hopeless, even though it seems like we may never get out of the pit of depression, of despair, of of grief, of heartache, Lord, we know that you are there, that you can reach down with your arm and pull us out. If we only cry to you, if we only look up, if we'd only heed the lessons of this song, Lord, it's a good reminder, and Lord, it's a good help for those whose hearts are hurting today. Lord, just press these simple truths into our hearts and our minds this morning, Lord. And some of us need it. some of us need these these handholds to grab on to. Lord thank you for the hope that we have on you. Speak to us I pray in this invitation time in the holy name amen.